What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. What's up? Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is a Wednesday. It is Wednesday afternoon. In fact, as we are sitting here recording this, so that means we are about to talk Survivor for Week 8. Michael Beller and Derek Van Riper here with you. DVR, I'm going to repeat part of the conversation you and I had before we started recording here. This has got to be the easiest season of Survivor since I've been doing Survivor Pools, and I want to say I've been doing Survivor Pools for probably close to 20 years now, and this is without question the softest, smoothest year that we've had up through Week 7. Yeah, it really is, and I can't imagine this continues much longer, but just possibly quantifying it, I mean, the pentathlon that we plan together has a Survivor element, and it's a two-strike contest because... My fear when I built it was if it's only one strike survivor, a bunch mm-hmm. of teams are going to get bounced right away. We're going to have these big ties, and it's not going to be a very useful event. Only three entrants out of 12 have one strike as we get to week eight. I don't think that's ever happened before. Usually there's a handful of teams that are out by now. Most of the field, it feels like, has at least one strike when mm-hmm. we get to week eight. Uh, this week could be maybe the trap week we've been hoping for. At least that, that was my... My first thought when I looked at the percentages of the popular picks and and where the interest was, but then when I thought more about who those teams are and the likelihood of an actual upset, I came away a little bit less optimistic that this would be the week where things start to correct themselves. Yeah, well, let's dive into that DVR because we have one overwhelmingly popular choice this week, and that is the Bengals over the Jets. We pull our pick usage numbers from Yahoo. Yahoo makes those publicly available. And so right now, people who have entered picks on Yahoo, 48.9% of those people are taking the Bengals over the Jets. Obviously, something that plays into that is having the Bengals available. Bengals were a team that we didn't necessarily think was going to be in this position at the start of the season, uh, that we didn't think they were going to necessarily be this good at the start of the season. They are this good. And now, People have them available, and people have them available to use against a bottom-feeding Jets team. But still, 48.9%, that is certainly a number that jumps out at you. Next most popular pick is the Chiefs over the Giants, that is at 18.3%. Bills over the Dolphins, 15.5%. Rams over the Texans at 6.7%. And then one that I think is very risky, Seahawks over the Jaguars at 3.4%. Uh, 3.4%, not a huge number, but still the fifth most popular selection in Survivor Pools as of this moment, as of our recording. So that's what we're looking at as the big plays this week. You and I in this pool have both used the Rams. We have both used the Bills. So we don't have a couple of those popular picks available to us. I mean, is this a week where you feel almost pot committed to fading the Bengals, even though the chances of them getting upset do feel slim? I want to do that. I want to play it that way because I think that's the right way to play a survivor pool. But try and tell yourself a story that actually makes you believe the Jets are going to win this game. I mean, Zach Wilson down especially. Yeah, Flacco, (laughs) they trade for Flacco. So he's going to show up midweek with that supporting cast, and they're going to beat the Bengals? Why? (laughs) How? I I, I can't do it. So from a 
a common sense and, and pod odd standpoint, I totally understand why you'd want to get away from a team that nearly half the pool might be using. You should do that. You should pivot here. I think the thing that also makes it difficult, aside from who the Jets are, is even if you are on board with the Bengals, you, you like them, you think they're a legit top 10 team, and maybe they are. I, I think my jury's still a little bit out, but they're they're absolutely a good team if they're not a great mm-hmm. team. This is the best possible time to use them. They're probably going to be favored in most of their remaining games. They're at least going to have a, a positive win percentage in those games mm-hmm. based on those Mike Clay projections I talk about every week. But this game just jumps off the charts for the the best possible time to use the Bengals, assuming you haven't used them already. Very few people have. Um, so it's just so hard for me to get away from them as as my one true pick, even though conditionally speaking, this is exactly the type of scenario that you usually want to avoid. Half the pool on one team. But I just don't think the Jets have the pieces in place to feel good about them as an upset candidate. So to run through their schedule, next week they are home against the Browns, then they have a bye, then they're at the Raiders, home for the Steelers, home for the Chargers, home for the 49ers. So that is what, one, two, that's six games across seven weeks that takes you through week 14, the middle of December. And I really feel like, and we'll see where the Steelers go over the next month, I could see that being a spot to use the Bengals. I think we could definitely be interested in the Bengals in week 14, that home game against the 49ers. That could be a nice spot. It's their third straight home game, so they won't have done uh, any traveling for, you know, damn near a month at that point of the season. That'll be very nice for them. I could see that being a beneficial spot to use them, but definitely looking at the Jets, that has to be probably one of the top two, at absolute worst, top three spots to use them the remainder of the season. So as much as there is a pot odds case for them, I can see why you would go in that direction. It is, it's not my pick here. I've got multiple survivor pools that I'm in. I have multiple entries in a couple of those pools. I will be using the Bengals on a couple of those. I am not using them for our purposes here because as we call it, it's one true pick. And so if I can make one true pick, I'm actually going to go with the Chiefs over the Giants here, and I'm going to play that pot odds game. I'm going to hope that you know Joe Flacco rediscovers the magic going back to the Jets, and he's just ready to pick up uh, right where he left off and right where he left off in this offense. Uh, he has some familiarity uh, with Mike LaFleur, so hopefully that's something that can just click right into motion and maybe pull off an upset against the Bengals. I will take the Chiefs over the Giants. Really don't think there's much of a concern here. Chiefs are 10-point favorites in this game. It's Monday Night Football. Got a very banged-up Giants team on one side of this, and it sounds like they're going to get Sterling Shepard. Maybe they get Kadarius Tony back, and so suddenly they wouldn't feel quite as banged up as they did this previous week. Still probably no Saquon Barkley for the Giants, but forget about all that. The demise of the Chiefs has been greatly, greatly overstated. This is still an offense that is moving the ball with a huge, huge degree of success. And uh, Ben Baldwin, a guy who you should definitely be checking out on Twitter, does some great work in the NFL analytics world, uh, put out a tweet. I want to say this was, I think this was after their loss to the Titans and just how strange of a season the Chiefs are having. If you just look at percentage of plays that end in either a first down or a touchdown, the Chiefs are still number one in the league. And so if you are leading the league in percentage of plays that end in first downs or touchdowns, 
you're doing something right offensively. So I still think that the Chiefs, are they as good as they've been in previous seasons? I don't think so. Some of that uh, interception regression, that turnover regression is coming back to bite them this year. The defense definitely, without question, is a problem. This is still a very, very good team. They are going to be in the playoffs. They are going to take care of business against the Giants. And I almost feel like a freedom to use them that I wouldn't if they were sitting at, you know, as at six and one or something like that on the season, because I would maybe feel a need to save them for later down the road. But this is a very good spot to use the Chiefs. They do have a tough schedule remaining in the back half of the season. They're going to be my one true pick in this spot. Yeah, so what I think I'm going to end up doing, like I, I'm using the Bengals for the purposes of our show and continuing to have a, an entry that lives on, this fictitious <laughs> entry that is uh, part of this show, I think I'm playing Kansas City in the actual uh, pentathlon because sure. I'm hoping, I'm hoping the Jets find a way that the Bengals do all the stupid things you can do to lose a game, right? A couple of turnovers, allow a special teams touchdown. It's going to take so much weird stuff for it to happen, but... Kansas City does not have a lot of short-term appeal. In the next three games, they actually have below 50% win probabilities after this one. So you're not really getting a lot for a while from them. Um, so saving them for later is not really a good way to go. I'm on board with you. I, I think this is still a dangerous team. I think if you believe in them, this is a great time to get a bet in for them to either win the AFC or to even possibly win the Super Bowl. They're at plus 1,600 right now over at BetMGM. So... Is it really that far fetched that they're going to get right in the second half of the season and be one of the hottest teams in the leagues going in the league going into the postseason? Not really at all to me. Uh, so I, I think it kind of begins here. I'm amazed that Patrick Mahomes cleared concussion protocol. I think that probably raises some questions about the quality of said concussion protocol. But if he's playing in this game, I love the Chiefs this week. It's a huge bounce back opportunity for them. Yeah, those next three games that you referenced, home for Green Bay, and even if Green Bay ends up playing on Thursday night without Devontae Adams, pretty safe to assume he'll be back for that game. Then at Vegas, then home for the Cowboys, then they're by. Really not feeling great about the Chiefs as a survivor play in any of those three spots. I think the early, if you don't use them against the Giants this week, the earliest you'd really be considering it probably comes in week 13 at home against the Broncos. That'll be a great spot to use them. But that's the earliest point you're going to want to have them for. And who knows? Maybe we do have a couple of bad weeks in a row here. And suddenly week 13 isn't even in play in some survivor pools. So that's why I feel good about using one of the many reasons I feel good about using the Chiefs as my one true pick here in week eight. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's uh, take a look at some, uh, some secondary picks, DVR, if you've used the Chiefs, which certainly is possible for plenty of people. I actually have used the Bengals in one spot already this season, so I'm, I won't be able to use either of those teams. Part of the reason why the Rams are down at just, what I say, 6, yeah, 6.7% is because they've been widely used. The Bills, only reason they're down at 15.5% at home as almost two touchdown favorites against the Dolphins. They have been widely used this season. I think we all remember that week four game against the Texans when the Bills were the big layup. So if you don't have any of these teams available, who else are you turning to? I'm really intrigued by the Chargers. I, I think they're a six-point favorite right now going up against the Patriots. I just don't 
see it with New England. I mean, they've destroyed the Jets twice. That's the reason why they have a, a positive point differential for the season. But what, they're plus 60 against the Jets. We were doing the math before the yep, show. I mean, that's, that's absurd. Like they have, they have one non-Jets win. I know they played well against the Cowboys. They played well against the Bucks in rainy, crappy conditions. So they're they're probably better than we thought they were going into the season. But they almost lost to the Texans. And I think time has shown us that while the Texans aren't as inept as we thought they're bad so tell me why I should believe in the Patriots against what I think is a good team I, th- I think however m- however good you think the Bengals are are the Chargers that far behind the Bengals in terms of overall team quality maybe the Bengals are more balanced maybe you trust the defense a little bit more but I think the Chargers are at least an above average team so I really like mm-hmm. them in this spot as a secondary option not going to get a lot of attention in pools I think if you've used a bunch of the teams we've talked about already, I think they represent a pivot that's going to be lightly utilized, and I think they're going to be comfortably winning that game. Yeah, I would love to push back against you, but I'm with you on that entirely. They were a team I thought about as uh, putting into my early lines column that I wrote up earlier this week when they were favored by just five and a half. Part of the reason why I write that column is to, you know, not just be right, which is obviously important, but to look for lines that I think are going to, you know, go in the direction of the team that I like. And that one has done that. Started at five and a half. Now it is Chargers minus six on BetMGM. And uh, I, I think that's with good reason. They are, I think, comfortably the better team. And you hit the nail on the head with the fact that the Patriots have their two most impressive games of the season against the Jets. And, you know, they've shown, I think, in those games against the Bucks and the Cowboys that there's certainly no pushover. We can't say that they're just some team that uh, the Chargers easily roll over. That six does make me a tiny bit wary against the spread. But for a straight-up winner, I like the Chargers quite a bit. I'm there with you as a nice pivot. If you've used some of the more popular teams and you still want to get away from the Bengals, even if you do have them available, I think that is a pretty nice pivot to look to. There's not a ton of great ones out there. If I was going to like try to get a little crazy with it, I would say maybe like the Falcons are a team that I could be interested in, but I'm like, I mean, you hear it in my voice. I don't necessarily love it. Like the Falcons are what, two and a half, three point favorites at home against the Panthers. I do think that offense has turned a corner a little bit. Obviously they've gotten Kyle Pitts going in a big, big way. Uh, they can really get things moving downfield with him, Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage, all healthy. Cordell Patterson has been a big boon to that offense and the Panthers have come back to earth after the hot start that they had this season. That offense looks like a mess without Christian McCaffrey, quite frankly, and they're not going to have Christian McCaffrey in that game. But putting your staking your survivor life on a three-point favorite a Falcons team that isn't all that good uh, is one that does have me a little bit concerned. I just don't think there are a ton of great pivots. Like maybe the Buccaneers. Can you make an argument for the Buccaneers? They're five and a half point favorites uh, at the Saints. Obviously the Saints team. I mean, we all saw it on Monday night. This is just, it's not an offense that's really going to move the ball very effectively. And nothing seems to be slowing down the Buccaneers this season. That is an offense that is clicking on all cylinders. That can get everything it wants seemingly whenever it wants. And this is another spread that has gone up. This one opened at four and a half, now sitting at five and a half. I think the one argument against this is you're going to have better spots to use the Buccaneers down the line. Yeah, and you probably have used them already. If you save them, did you save them for this? Eh, yeah. Probably exactly. not. I think the, the other team that caught my eye, just if we're looking at slight favorites as uh, wild options, Denver at home against the Washington footballs. I mean, I don't feel great about it, but mm-hmm. if you haven't used Denver already, when are you going to feel really good about them? I think sure. they're kind of one of those teams that you could maybe burn if you want to go against the grain a bit. I mean, I guess I thought of Denver when I saw that Seattle was one of the fringy teams on Yahoo pools this week. Seattle's only a three and a half point home favorite against Jacksonville without Russell Wilson. 
that's a totally different Seahawks team. Like there is very little reason to be (laughs) excited about them right now. So if you're in a position where you're thinking about Seattle, I would say maybe you should think about Denver instead because at least they've got a few more things that are still cohesive. They're still the team that we thought they'd be coming with the season, whereas Seattle is just a, a shell of itself right now. One thing that concerns me about Denver is that the I don't think the score of Washington Green Bay reflects that way that game went. Mm-hmm. Washington left a lot of opportunities on the field. You had Taylor Heineke sort of giving himself up, but not totally giving himself up, and that call going in Green Bay's direction. The very next play, he fumbles on the one yard line going into the end zone. Uh, then you had uh, multiple turnovers in Green Bay's uh, side of the field. There were just some things that could have gone, just one one or two things go a different way, and suddenly we're talking about Washington as, I don't know if they're pulling an upset, but they're looking a lot more competitive on the scoreboard in that one. I think you hit the nail on the head, though, with Seattle. Like, Not only is that a game that I wouldn't consider as a pivot, I, I think that's a big risk. I think that the Jaguars are a live dog in that game. I mean, very, very little separates uh, a Russell Wilson-less Seahawks team from the Jaguars. If you just want to look at it over these last two weeks, the ja- the Seahawks are negative uh, 0.13 offensive EPA per play. The Jaguars for the season are at negative 0.08. So the Jaguars slightly better on offense than the Seahawks have been with Geno Smith at the helm. Uh, they're both below average defenses that basically, if you want to do like net EPA, it comes out in the wash. And so I think that these are relatively even teams. And then you have Trevor Lawrence heading in the right direction, too. Over the last three games that he's played, uh, over those three games, he's completed two-thirds of his passes, nearly 800 yards, 8.12 yards per attempt. He's just looked like a guy who had some early season growing pains and was worthy of being the first overall pick in this year's draft. And So I think, like, evenly matched teams, one of them's got a clearly ascending quarterback, one of them's got a journeyman who hasn't been a starter since 2014. I think you're really, really taking a big risk if you end up taking the Seahawks as your survivor pick this week. Yeah, totally on board with that, and uh, I thought the other kind of fun, random team, if you had to pick a a bad team to win, I I wondered if this is the week we see the Lions get their first win. I don't, I don't want to use them in Survivor, but I just it, yeah. it struck me when you I'm like, what weird thing could happen this week? I actually could see the Lions finding a way to beat the Eagles. You know what scares me about the Lions? So I, I was all ready to back the Lions. Um, I write also a underdogs column at the end of the week. You can catch that tomorrow on The Athletic if you are a subscriber. And um, I was all ready to put the Lions in there. Plus three, plus three and a half. They're actually up to three and a half now on BetMGM. And I was totally ready to do it. And then I just started checking out some early percentages. And 54% of uh, Pick'em players in Yahoo leagues are backing the Lions to win outright right now. And so you've got an 0-7 home dog that is also popular with the public. Like, right, there's a nope. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. Forget about that. Like, I, I like the like the, it's fun. Uh, they're they're obviously not a team that just rolls over for their opponents, but uh maybe another day, Lions. Maybe another day. And uh if we get to that day in Survivor DVR, that means we're gonna be talking week sixteen, week seventeen, because uh, I don't think anyone's rushing out to pick the Detroit Lions in their survivor pools. But hopefully you're rushing out to listen to this and uh back some of the picks that we gave you on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. That's gonna do it for this episode. For Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller. Good luck in your survivor pools this week. We'll talk to you soon.